I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day-to-day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. Um, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness for Nine Survivors podcast with myself, Andrew Marsham. Today, we are going to be covering the five biggest mistakes you must avoid making as we get back into the gym. This applies to you if you're starting out in the fucking gym day one, if you're getting back after a holiday, if you are just stepping in the gym for the first time. These all apply. These all apply no matter who you are, what level you're at. They all apply if you're getting back into training after an injury, a spell out, time away. It does not matter. Also, for anyone who hasn't done so already, get your completely free custom meal plan at the link in the description below. Also, if you want to pay the bills for the podcast and help me out big time, that would be nice. You could literally, you could possibly leave a review or you could also screenshot this and tag me in your stories. That would be massively helpful. Um, but if anyone does that, thank you very much. And I'll also set you up with a, a free chat about your goals to see how I can help. Um, gym time in 10 minutes. We've got Andy Muir back in the gym in 10 minutes. So he is going to be taking some notes here, I'd imagine. <laughs> um, so first and foremost, um, before we get into things, I was going to say something that I've completely forgot. <laughs> the beauty of the beauty of doing lives. Um, but we are going to get into it, the five biggest mistakes. I'm sure that'll come back to me. Um, oh, that's what it is. We are live as always at 8 p.m. on a Thursday night. I do this every Thursday, 8 p.m. on Instagram, Facebook, and I have my clients on Zoom as well. Um, so if you want to join us and ask questions, by all means come along. Um so mistake number one. Now, any clients who are on at the moment, Stuart, Dean, Paul, use all have a plan. You have a plan, you have a goal, you know what you're doing when you go into the gym, Andy as well. Um, if you do not have a plan, if you do not have some form of structure, it could be written down in a notepad. If you, if any of you move on from the program and you're starting things back up, you've the spell out, go in with a plan. Every single time you go into the gym, you should know what you're going to do. You should go in with a rough idea of exactly what you're going to do, exercise-wise, setup-wise, what rep ranges you're aiming for, what targets you're trying to hit. If you're not, you're trying to play darts blindfolded. It's as simple as that. If you're not hitting a plan consistently, if there is no real tracking or progress or there's no recording of anything, how can you ever measure progress? How can you ever improve? What gets, what gets measured gets improved. If you don't have a plan and you don't have anything to measure it against, then you're never going to get any better. Firstly, set the plan. You must set the plan in place. 
go in with a game plan know what you're doing. How do you set that plan up? I am not going to get into the specifics of that in this podcast. There are multitudes of episodes, um, previous episodes detailing how to program. I actually have a series on YouTube about how to set up your own program. So if you don't, if you if you're kind of unsure where to start with that, head over to my YouTube. Again, it'll be linked in the show notes. There's plenty of stuff over there in terms of programming. Now, point number two is not taking into consideration the other 23 hours of the day. Now, how many people obsess about a workout plan, a, a, a workout regimen, the best split to do, the best this to do, the best that to do, but do not consider the 163 hours of the week that they are not in the gym. And if you're in the gym five hours a week, then you're probably in it more than me. <laughs> so... What are some of the key considerations you must be taking into account? Yes, going in into the gym is massively important. I am not trying to undermine that. The working out aspect is huge, especially when it's the anchor. If you're in the gym, if you're working out, if you're seeing progress, if you're enjoying what you're doing, any sort of training, listen, it could be it could be any form of training method. You might be into running, you might be into you might just be doing your, your home workouts or whatever, that's perfectly fine. Now if you have that anchor of where you're enjoying the workouts, what gets better? Nutrition. What is better? Sleep. What is better? Your lifestyle. What do you pay more attention to? Your daily habits. So the workout is the anchor, but everything around it must be taken into consideration. Nutrition, sleep, stress, hydration, nutrients, all these different things play a massive, massive role. The workout is one aspect. Yes, it's an important one, but it's not the be-all and end-all. If you are going to the gym four, five, six days a week and you're not consuming enough protein to build muscle, you're not consuming enough calories to build muscle, you're consuming too many calories to burn fat, you're doing all these things that does no structure towards your goals, then honestly, you'd probably as well not showing up. Maybe not to that extent, but the results you're going to see are going to pale in comparison to what you can't, you could get. Um, so that would be mistake number two. Now, mistake number three is very simple. And again, it's, some, it's something I'll do to in the first point there. And it's something that even I was not up to standard on just probably two and a half years ago. Um, so I've been training around eight and a half years, almost nine actually. Um, as I take a drink. Um, but even three years ago, two and a half years ago, before I got into the online coaching side of things, I was in some bad habits, not tracking workouts. When you go back to teaching people the basics or showing people step the first steps they need to take, it, you, you realize a lot of things that you haven't been doing in a while. If you've been training for like three to four years, you might have fell away from these habits. Tracking your workouts is the most powerful technique you can implement potentially to see to see progress in terms of your muscle building efforts, in terms of moving things forward. If you're going in with a goal to beat and a plan, and you're hitting that plan consistently, and you're consistently going in with a previous target to better, then you know what you're aiming for. If you are doing X work exercise one week and Y exercise in this order and that exercise in this order, fair enough, sometimes you go, let's say you go in the gym, you can't get on a machine, fine. Change the order. Change the order of one exercise. That's not going to make a massive impact. Now, but if you're never going in with a plan and you're doing 
14 different exercises every single time you step foot in the gym and not tracking any progress on them, you're never going to progress, you're never going to get better. You, you might, but you, you're going to, again, really restrict what you actually can see. Nicky, progress is dedication is key. You fucking better believe it, Nicky. Um, you said it. Um, but if you're not tracking and recording what you're doing on a daily basis, how can you ever, how can you ever know if you're going in the right direction? It comes to the same, exact same comes down to when you're doing your weigh-ins, when you're doing your measure, Stuart's measuring himself every day, going above and beyond the call of duty. <laughs> so we've got Stuart on the, the, the Zoom call, he's a client here, dropped six kilos, made some really, really good progress. He's measuring himself every day, taking body measurements every day. That is above and beyond what I would expect. Now, you should be at least weighing yourself multiple times per week, tracking and recording your workouts, taking pictures, taking progress pictures, taking body measurements once, twice a week if you can. Once a week is fine, but at the end of the day, you have to measure, you have to record. That is how you stay motivated. Anyone who is seeing results, who is moving forward, who can visually, weekly gauge and measure progress, isn't going to give up, isn't going to lose motivation, is going to continue moving forward. Nobody who is making great progress and seeing that on a daily basis ever gives up or lacks motivation. Never. I've yet to see it. I've yet to come across it. I've yet to meet someone who is absolutely smashing their goals and then all of a sudden starts lacking motivation. Unheard of. Certainly in my world. Um, So again, Making sure that you're recording everything that you're tracking your progress is, is a massive, massive factor to what you're doing. Number four is fucking throwing yourself in at the deep end. Like, if you're coming back to things after an extended spell away, a holiday, you do not need to train seven days a week. I literally just went off, it was off a phone call with someone um, who should hopefully be joining the program soon. Um, had to go and talk to his wife, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> but the, the, we had the, we had a, we had a conversation, and he had worked with a previous coach who had the guy training five, six, seven times a week, doing cardio in the morning and weights in the afternoon. This guy worked in construction and was working twelve to sixteen hours a day. He then turned, he turned around and he says, "Andrew, I, I was struggling to sleep. I was burnt out. No shit, like." You do not need to train five, six, seven times a week. If you're going for a Mr. Olympia bodybuilding title, you're stepping on stage, you've got a massive goal, you're an elite level athlete, then maybe there's a place for training six days a week, not seven. I I, I don't know many athletes or pros who train seven days a week. I, I don't know many personally, but from reading from from reading literature and listening to a lot of high level athletes, not many of them train seven days a week. They will do some sort of light rest day or have an active rest day. What makes what makes anyone think the average person like me, like you, who just wants to get leaner, fitter, healthier, lose a bit of body fat, look better at the beach, whatever, get a bit healthier? What makes you think you need five, six, seven times per week? What happens? Yes, you're motivated. You're Fired up, you're ready to go. Five, six, seven days a week. Brilliant. You make progress. You're smashing the gym. Four weeks in, you cannot be asked. Seven days a week is getting too much. Then what happens? You miss one workout. You miss two workouts. It starts to go down the toilet. 
you now think your week's a failure, but you've still had four or five workouts. Before you know it, you're down to two, you cannot be bored, you think, what's the point, I can't do this, and you're back to square one. That is exactly what happens. I see it a million times, I see it happening far too often. I see it with people who want to come on the program and try and push, by all means it's with the best intentions to, I want to push, I want to get in the best shape of my life, I really want to go for this. Brilliant, let's train four days a week. Put four full good training sessions in and you will see excellent progress. I am training four times a week just now. That's what I'm training. I go in and I give absolutely everything in those sessions. I nearly passed out today after a set of deadlifts. <laughs> but I do give everything in those sessions. And I have the ability to do so because I'm well rested, I'm well recovered, and I'm training only four times per week. There is not necessarily... There is no means or need to really go above that. If you're the average guy just looking to get fitter, healthier, leaner, and get in a bit better shape. So again, taking, taking that into consideration is absolutely key. Number five, the fifth and final mistake. There's a couple that I could probably have chosen from, but it is, and it's, it's what puts a lot of people off and causes them to lose momentum. Um, as opposed to getting the extra mileage that I think it, think it would be. And as I'm trying to, trying to spit out the words here, majoring in the minors. So what do I mean by majoring in the minors? The major aspects of the program, of it getting fit, of getting healthy, of getting confident, the pillars, training consistently, reasonably consistently, three to four sessions per week. What do these sessions look like? They could be a mix of anything. Do But does the average gym goer like me, like you, need to worry about the minutia of what rep range is best? How many seconds should I be resting? How many this should be should I be doing that? How many of this should I be doing this? Doesn't matter. Go in and see what you can do. How Can you train three, four times a week comfortably and hit it consistently? Perfect. Start there. What, how do we set that up? Right, okay, well, it's, we know it's better to train everything twice per week, so let's go with an upper body day, a lower body day, and a full body day for training three times per week. Great place to start. Excellent. Or three full bodies. Brilliant. Now, let's set the structure. Hit it consistently for 12, 16 weeks. See where you are. Nutrition-wise, do I need to avoid this food? Do I need to avoid that food? Do I, I, I can't eat this because it's fat. Bullshit. Restricting yourself Majoring in these minors, as I say, restricting yourself, putting foods under labels, completely unnecessary, and again, is only going to lead to lesser progress. It's only going to lead to you falling off. You have to find the enjoyment in the day-to-day -day process and what you do. You have to find the enjoyment in the process of getting fitter, of getting healthier, of getting leaner. If you're not enjoying it, you're never going to stick to it. If you're not enjoying it, what you're doing isn't for you. There are more ways to get fit, healthy, lean, thing by going to the gym. As much as I am a fucking massive fan of it, there are other ways you can do it. We've got Alan in the program who goes hill walking all the, all the time. We've got Logan who goes a lot of hill walks as well, manages your nutrition. Nutrition, the principles are pretty much the same across the board, but there are most way, more ways to get active and burn calories than by simply going to the gym. Find what you enjoy. Focusing on things like meal timing and how many protein shakes do I need to have per day and should I be consuming this food or that food or this superfood? What's the latest trend here? Should I be on this diet or that diet? Find something that you can stick to and stick with it. Like, find something that you can find enjoyment. And that is basic as that sounds, that's it. 
the flexible diet and approach, I'm not, I'm not going to try and get into too much of these. I've talked about flexible diet multiple times in the podcast. There's loads of episodes on it. But finding a, a, a meal structure that you enjoy, sampling different recipes every week, you just need to get creative. If you're listening to this, if you're not on the program, the clients get, the clients who work with me and the coaches who are on the program get fresh meal plans every single week. The recipes are, in my opinion, fucking brilliant. Uh, <laughs> I'm biased. Um, the foods are enjoyable. The, the, the meals are enjoyable. They're set up in a way that is easy to hit. So many people and coaches will try and jam themselves into a box of everything needs to be difficult. It does not need to be difficult. Yes, there's going to be a challenge. Yes, this is going to be difficult at times, but you should find enjoyment in that. Was was me nearly passing out in a deadlift today easy? No, it wasn't. It was fucking challenging. But did I enjoy it? Yes. And will I go for it again next week? You fucking better believe it. So find an enjoyment in what you do, but pushing yourself again. That does not mean you need to force yourself to never eat chocolate again or never go out with a drink, never go out for a drink or never have a Chinese on a Saturday night or, you know, force yourself to go out in the morning and go for a run or do something you absolutely hate. That should not be how you do things. Find enjoyment in the process and you, you will get to your goals automatically. Obviously, there comes a certain point where you have to track, record progress and things like that. But again, that doesn't mean you can't do that with whatever sport or method of exercise you enjoy. So that is my five key points or five mistakes most people make, sorry, um, when they go back into the gym. Now, I'm going to get into the Q&A. If anyone has any questions at all, please let me know. Instagram, we've got Sean, we've got Scott on. Good to see you on, Scott. Um, Scott also just recently joined in the program. We've got a few guys on Facebook. Um, Stuart, Dean, Paul, if you have anything whatsoever to ask me, by all means, please jump in. Um, I am going to pick up the questions that came through from check-ins. Um, Hi, bro. Is seven hours sleep as good to recover? Is seven hours sleep good to recover? Yep. More than adequate. Um, Seven to nine hours is going to be perfect. Again, I got away with six for a while, but I was working a lot. <laughs> um, and it was with the idea was it was limited for a limited period of time. Um, so seven to nine is probably the sweet spot for most people. Um, let me see. Questions, questions, questions. Hunger, is it all in my head? Stuart. So it depends. Now, Stuart. How long have you been on the program? Your eighth week. That's that. that so Stuart's anyone who's couldn't hear that in the audio. Stuart has been on the program for eight weeks. He's been dying. He's lost around six kilos. Let's kind of look at things. How, on a scale of one to ten, how hungry are you? Are you are you constantly hungry? Is it something that just comes up now and then, or what is the kind of signals normally at this, at this moment in time, Stuart? Yeah. 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 Now, yeah. There will always come a time in a fat loss phase where hunger levels will be a challenge. Now, anyone anyone who tells you different is bullshit. 
Like anyone who says you can get as lean as you want in a diet without ever feeling hungry, they're at it. They're just lying. <laughs> um, your body is, you're essentially, what you're doing is a controlled starvation. That That's essentially what you're doing. Now, what your metabolism does to compensate is downregulate. But essentially, certain hormones start changing, your hunger levels go up, the satiation in foods goes down, so your body starts craving more nutrients, craving more energy because it senses it's in a calorie deficit. Now, it is part of the process, but it's something we can mitigate. If you are finding that, for example, we're into the second week and it's eaten away quite considerably, there's a couple of things you can do straight off the bat that, that will generally help. Now, water intake, first and foremost, three to five liters minimum. That's That has to be for me that has to be the range I, I won't take anything else for an answer on that hunger signaling and thirst signaling can get mixed up very frequently so ensuring that you're litre of water in the morning getting the day off on the right foot that's a great one to start off with next really increasing the volume of the food so putting in some more veggies and things like that no one ever failed to lose weight because they increased the veg in their meals so increasing some veg and things like that it's going to add next to no calories but it just helps bulk out the meals a little. Now, if it's at a point where you're finding it's almost unbearable for, you know, a, a good most of the days, then what we would do is something called a diet break. And that is something we will probably have a conversation on, Stuart. So um, we will, let's grab a call this Monday, actually. Let's, let, let's get a call booked in. Me and you will run through this. We'll see how it, we'll see how it goes over the next few days. Um, and then depending on how that goes and how you're feeling, and I'll have a bit more of a one-to-one -one with you, we will then decide whether to implement a diet break. Now, what this does is, this is a period where we raise calories temporarily to maintenance to allow your body to essentially reset, to get a bit of a rest. You've lost a good bit of weight. You've made some great progress in the program, six, seven kilos down. So at the end of the day, you have to look at it from this aspect as well. It's never usually going to take one diet phase. Getting to where you want to be may take multiple bites of the cherry. It may take multiple phases. So this phase, initial eight weeks, that's excellent. We've lost a good bit of body fat. We've made a great bit of progress. This may be time to go, right, what do we do now? We put a pause in things. We actually purposefully increase calories by two to 300. The idea is to maintain weight. It's not simply just to... It's not simply to regress. It's not simply to go backwards or gain. It's to sit there. What you will often see is two to 300 calories increase. The metabolism gets a chance to boost up again. And you essentially just get a bit of a break. We pull back in the steps and things like that. Activity gets dropped a little. Then we do that for two weeks, increasing the second week calories again. Then we go back into the cutting phase. You will generally find that that two-week break deals with a lot of the hunger issues, gives a lot of your energy back and things like that as well. So that is something we will potentially implement. Now, that is what the diet breaks are there for. They are there to buffer those hunger levels. It's something you're going to have to put up with. It's something you, that you do have to put up with to a certain extent. But if it's if it's becoming more of an issue, et cetera, and it's becoming something, you know, day in, day out, that's causing, that's causing some, some discomfort, then we would then go to a diet break. And again, we would just continue that process until you get to a place where you're happy because you will get to a place where you are happy, where you're, you're happy with the body fat, you're lean, you're fit, you're healthy, you're good to go. Then what do we do? 
because because the likelihood is when you reach that point you will be on lower calories you will not be consuming the amount of calories you want to be on a daily basis that's when we implement something called a reverse diet again there's full episodes in both of these diet breaks and reverse dieting where we purposely increase calories over time i done this very successfully not last year but the year before i didn't do it last year i was uh, was it last year I think it was last year. I can't remember. But it was either last year or the year before where I got to a, a, a very lean lean physique. I was really happy with how I looked. I believe I weighed, I must have been 150-ish, 153-ish pounds. Now, I reverse dieted for like four and a half months, increased my calories by well over a thousand and was lower in weight. But my calories were massively higher because of that reverse diet. I was eating well over 2,000 calories, 2,500 calories probably a day, maintaining my weight. I was lean. I was happy, healthy, exactly where I wanted to be. And that's the goal. So this initial fat loss phase, yes, we have to go through some initial you know, hunger and things like that and some challenges, etc. But it's something once we have, once we get to a place where we're happy, that we can then start reversing out of it. But this initial phase, diet breaks and things we can we can help with. So Scott Brown, hopefully that answers your question, Stuart. Again, we can go into more detail on our call on Monday. Um, skipping breakfast makes any difference. So Scott's asking if skipping breakfast makes any difference. I'm assuming in terms of fat loss, like if you're not someone who if you're someone who doesn't like eating breakfast, don't eat breakfast. Just have the calories later in the day. Uh, the studies have shown that if you have a breakfast, you will burn slightly more calories in the afternoon. Maybe it's due to having more energy in the morning. I would try and recommend having a breakfast, but at the end of the day, if you're someone who really doesn't enjoy it and who really doesn't want it in the morning, by all means, it's not going to cause any problems. Move those calories to later in the day. Have a different meal. We'll have another meal in the evening. Have more calories to play with. If that keeps you on track with the, the totals for the day, more then that's going to be the better choice for you. What about milk, mate, and caffeine drinks? So this is from Dean's. I this is from Dean. Sorry. Um, so milk, in general, it, perfectly fine. Like there's nothing. There's no bad or good foods. There's only quantities of them. So if you're consuming milk, milk is calories. As long as you're taking a conscious note of those calories and making an adjustment in the plan. Let's say Dean's. I know Dean's plan. So. He gets maybe like an evening snack where there's some snacker jacks and some fruit and things like that, protein shake. If Dean wants to swap those calories for a, a few glasses of milk throughout the day, brilliant. That's, that's perfectly fine. No problem. That's compensated for. No issue whatsoever. But if he's having it on top of those, those calories for the day, then we need to make an adjustment. Then that's when we need to go, right, okay, there's calories on this. Let's make an adjustment elsewhere. And you can include the milk. No problem. No issue. Caffeine drinks, so I'm going to assume we're talking about, let's say, coffee, like Red Bulls, things like that, Monster Energies. They are fine. Like, they are not going to kill you. One or two a day, I have a, at least two coffees a day. <laughs> like, there is days I will try not to, for example, where if I'm not training, if I'm not doing something active, I will try to pull back on them. But if you're having one or two a day, it's going to be perfectly fine. If you're having a lot of them at the moment, if it's maybe chronic consumption, then it's something you just need to try and adjust back gradually. Going cold turkey is probably a bad idea. Um, you'll lead to a lot of crashes and things like that. But 
if you just try and pull back slowly, then you might be better off. Um, so we've got another question from Nikki here. Stupid question I mentioned before. What's the best way to enhance your ass? Well, that's the first time I've ever been asked that. <laughs> um, lots of lunges, lots of squats, lots of kickbacks, and consume a good quality, high-protein diet and properly structured training plan. There is no one thing that will do anything, Nikki. You have to do it all as part of a structure. Just simply going to the gym and doing some glute kickbacks, some lunges, and some squats isn't going to do much for your glutes if you're not eating training if you're not eating properly sleeping properly and consuming adequate protein to actually build muscle on them so again taking everything into consideration you have to have a plan you have to have a structure you have to follow it consistently and you have to do that for months because nobody builds a good ass in three months it takes fucking years <laughs> um let's see any questions let me see, let me see. Rory is nothing. Craig's doing really well. Jordan, absolutely nothing at the moment. Um, let me see, let me see. I have lost the question tab. <laughs> That's good. The one bit that I need to actually keep a tab on. I'll lose it every week. Nope, all good. Um, so that is everything from us tonight. Hopefully we answered, or I answered, sorry, all your questions. If anyone does have any questions from listening to this back or who's watching on Instagram or Facebook or anything whatsoever, if you need anything from me, just let me know. Just, just ask. I am a human being like you who once struggled with a lot with health and fitness. I have learned a lot. I have helped a lot of people. Um, if you want some help, just drop me a message, ask. That's all you need to do. <laughs> Tell me what your problem is and I'll help. Um, well, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please leave a review. Um, if you could pay the bills and screenshot it and stick it in your stories, that would be massively appreciated. Um, but as I said, free meal plan also in the link in the description below. If anyone needs anything, just give me a shout. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast and we'll see you all later on. Hey boys, see you later on. You've been listening to Fitness for 9 to Fivers with Andrew Marsham. You're a grown-ass human being. You have a job, maybe two, kids, errands, bills, a wife, friends. And while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waist. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.